Good morning, team. Good to see all of you guys on this morning. Another Wealth Coffee chat on this uh, terrific Tuesday. Thankful Thursday. Thankful Thursday. Terrific Tuesday. Thankful Thursday. But anyway, good to see you guys here. Um, thanks for coming along. Aaron, Alison, Melinda, Luke, Andrew, Bryce, Marcus, Kelly, Brendan. Good to see all of you guys this morning. Thanks for joining us. Fantastic to have you along. Anyone who's new, if you're new, say hello in the chat. Love to know where you're coming in from. Let us all know. Thanks for uh, popping along and hanging out with us. As it said there a minute ago, Jason Witten's my name. Been doing these uh, little get-togethers each morning on a Facebook Live or a YouTube Live with some uh, cool, crazy crew, maybe just like you, mad property investors, keen on... Uh, Keen on, you know, dialing some of the, the finer things down when it comes to our property investing. Um, been property investing over 20 years myself, coaching property investors uh, across Australia and New Zealand. Um, it's actually, it's coming up. It's coming up, folks, to our 20th year. Coming up to our 20th year. There you go. So, um, um Interesting, interesting things we've seen along the way. Done a few deals and each morning. Share a little bit of the uh, experiences and understanding um, that uh, that we've learned along the way. I was doing some uh, doing some research the other day on um, our clients' portfolios and collectively, and we've got a little bit more data to get in, and we haven't included New Zealand yet, so it'll be interesting when we do it. At the moment, um, we're at uh, 7,661 properties. 7,661 properties, our mentoring and client clients, uh, mentoring and coaching clients own. That's pretty cool, right? Uh, along the way, when you help people buy 7,661 properties, over a 20-year period across two countries and seven, well, five states and two territories in Australia, you uh, you learn a few things. And, uh, you know, that's what these mornings uh, are all about, folks, just uh, helping you guys and uh, ourselves make a little bit of sense of what's going on. Short-term, medium-term, long-term. Um, and, uh, you know, see if we can go the distance in this thing that we're doing, which is called property investing. So... Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for joining. Thanks for being here, etc., etc. Hey, so this morning uh, I thought we might talk about something. Uh, what I call the danger zone. The danger zone, and it's it's the danger zone is mostly mostly folks uh, when there's stress and pressure uh, as a property investor, and uh, we end up having you know some uh, second thoughts about investing. So I wanted to sort of you know, uh, go through that with everyone today because let me little do a little uh, drawing to, to sort of put in perspective. You know, along the way, we all know that um, it's going to be a 15 to 20-year process of putting our portfolio together, all right, putting our portfolio together. And in the, in the early days, you, you guys have seen this, you know, hopefully heaps of times, plenty of times, the acquisition this is where, you know, we're acquiring our properties. Um, we're increasing our properties, which is great. But what else increases 
in the early days. Tell me in the chat, what else increases pretty significantly uh, in the early days, you know, in that sort of first, you know, seven to 10 years? What is often within that first seven to 10 years that at maximum for us as investors, and it's probably the first time we've ever had this much stuff. Yeah, debt, right, yeah. So, you know, debt can be scary, right? You know, it can be scary uh, if we don't understand it, um, if it freaks us out a bit. And we need to know the difference between good debt and bad debt, right? The good debt and bad debt. You know, good debt. Good debt. What's good debt? You can chuck it in the chat. I'll sort of write it down anyway. What is good debt? Well, good debt, you know, creates um, income consistent income. So you buy something that creates a consistent income for yourself. At some time, at some point in the future, you get some growth out of that debt, like the debt owns an asset and it grows. Uh, you might get some tax um, deductions from it. And also debt allows you to have uh, leverage, loan to value ratios against your property, okay, um, which is awesome. Okay, so you could put down 10 or 20% and you could buy a, you know, if you had 100 grand, you could buy a $600,000 property. That is pretty good. Yep, um, tax deductible debt. Exactly, Luke, exactly. That is that's technically good debt. Bad debt. Bad debt is things like it It has no income. So, so um, it's got no income. Okay, or... If you buy a property that costs you an absolute arm and a leg to own that you've got to pour money into, you know, $10,000, $20,000 a year, depending on what you're trying to do, depending on your position. Some people, um, some people do that because they want a holiday house and they put money in. Uh, you, you, it devalues. It devalues. It devalues. There's no tax deductions. Uh, and you get no leverage, okay? And things like this are cars and, you know, um, credit cards and all this consumer stuff, right, folks? So debt, bad debt, good debt, okay? So just going to get rid of those for the moment because I want to talk about, you know, today what I call like the danger zone of owning real estate. <clears throat> and it's certainly... a um, certainly attached to or associated with uh, debt uh, and uh, a level of debt. So let's look at this. Let's have a bit of a bit of a conversation. At some point, let's say this is the value of your real estate. At some point you want the value of your real estate to go up, right? That's that's awesome. That's fantastic. What we what uh, what does happen um, from a cash flow point of view, and let's just talk about that. Is uh, these lines, this one here? So you know, capital value and uh, rental income. Now they're not necessarily completely uh, tracking like this, folks. Like it doesn't work exactly like this, but it's easier for me to just to draw it a bit like that today. But let's have a look at the cost of our debt. The cost of our debt often. Like is like this, and what we're looking to achieve is over here. This is this is the this is where the money's at, folks. This is where the money's at. Okay, 
That's where the money's at. That's where it's all the fun is. Okay, over there, when your um, when your debt is low and your cash flow, your uh, rents are high. Okay. Oh, what's going on there? Oh, here we go. I'm writing outside of the uh, outside of it, and the, and the rents are high. So, oh, I'll do that. So I hope that that's making sense, right? So, so you know, what is the danger zone here? Where is the hard part with this team? Where's the tough piece? The tough piece is here. The tough piece is here where there is a negative gap, um, sometimes in the form of uh, equity. The equity gets squished, sometimes in the form of cash flow, sometimes in the form of something, okay? So this negative gap in this, usually this acquisition phase usually takes between three and um, seven years on on average, depending on how quick you're sort of going, you know? And over here, you guys know this, you know, this is the consolidation stage. We call this the manage, maintain, and maximize stage. Um, and over here is, you know, lifestyle and legacy, right? Lifestyle, legacy, okay? How are you going to pay it forward? How are you going to add value to the world? You know, or have fun, or whatever it is for you. You know, don't it just it's your it's your rules. You do what you're going to do. Okay, so in this spot right here, we're talking. This is our challenge that we have to navigate through. Right, uh, what I call the danger zone. Danger zone, and it's danger mostly because. Uh, where sometimes we're committed to attach to um, the property can't stand on its own two feet just yet without your you know guidance. Right? So let's have a look at what that means. I've got something I've prepared a little bit earlier, and let's have a quick look at you know how it might look from a cash flow and dollars and cents point of view. So let's go in and have a look at a property here now. Um, let me go back for a second. Um, the point is, team, how do we get more comfortable when we do um, when we own a property? All right, we'll do that in a second. I'm going to do that right now. Where am I? Uh, share screen. All right, so let's just have a look at a property. You know, um, so you know, here let's have a look at um, your property. And um, we're going to buy a property today. I'm going to put that at zero. I'm going to make an equity deposit of uh, an equity deposit. We're going to use equity. There's some basic numbers in here, folks. You know, interest only. You know, that's um, at the moment you can get 4%, but it'll probably go up a little bit. Um, you know, 600 a week. You know, really low growth. You know, I always put in 4% there, but, you know, you're probably going to achieve way more than 4%. CPI over the long term, 3%. At the moment, it's a bit higher, but, you know, don't get carried away. It's not going to be here forever. What does our property look like? Uh, where's the gap? Where's the challenge? Where's the issue? All right. So let's have a look at this, team. Up the top has the danger zone. So if you have a look at available equity at 90%, okay? So when we're talking about lending, and this is a little bit Technical, so stick with me this morning. Stick with me. Um, a little bit technical, but it's important to understand. When we're talking about lending, you know, you might have something that's worth 
You might have something that's worth 500K. You might have something that is worth 500K, but you can only, you know, you can only get access to 90% of it or uh, 90% is a bit more difficult, but what's a really easy loan-to-value ratio, the, the, the LVR against a property? Folks, put that one in the chat for me. What's a no-brainer? What's a no-brainer? Okay? 90%, uh, no-brainer at, uh, at 80, uh, at 80%, okay? So when we're first starting out, what happens for all of us, and it's just part of the process unless you've got a lot of cash, a lot of savings, a lot of equity somewhere, um, 80%, Luke, that's it. Um, we often use 90%. So that's fine. No stress, no issues. Okay. And sometimes we use equity from our existing real estate. So let's go back to our property here. So if you look at the top, team, if you look at the top, technically that property by itself um, takes quite a while depending on the growth and, and if you're doing debt reduction, getting access to any equity in that property um, you know, would take anywhere, depending if you get some growth or not, anywhere to five to six years if it's going to have some growth. And this is on an interest-only loan. So you know, um, you're not paying much off. And in the first 10 years, you know, P&I loans don't pay themselves off very well anyway. So you know, this is where some stress comes. All right, I'm all in on this property. I'm all in on this property. Uh, there's no equity available on that property. Uh, and this property here, it's in a sort of a growth location, but it has a negative pre-tax cash flow, right? So after-tax cash flow is positive, um, uh, is perfectly fine. And, and you guys know about the difference between pre-tax cash flow and positive uh, after-tax cash flow. So this is where a bit of stress comes from. This is the danger zone. So if, if you look out here, if you can see on the screen, you know, depending on the on the rent growth on this property, you know, it might take, you know, five to six to seven years for it to become pre-tax positive cash flow, before tax positive cash flow, and you know, give you access on a 90% loan-to-value ratio of $121,000 to purchase another property, okay? Everyone sort of following along? Uh, hopefully, it's making sense. So it's usually around this six to... Oh, it's not going to do that, is it? Um, okay. It's usually around year six, seven, and eight, if you do no debt reduction or, or anything like that, that your property becomes kind of like, hey, it's fine, I can take care of myself. Everyone following along? Tell me if it's making sense in, uh, in the chat right now because before, before then, ladies and gents, you have to, you um, have to have your tax refund chipping back in to make the property positive cash flow. Everyone, so? And there's nothing wrong with that. That is a very normal process of buying good quality real estate um, in great locations and the, the cash flow um, is neutral 
to uh, positive after tax, okay? So this is a challenge for us from a investing point of view <clears throat> to keep our psychology high when it comes to investing, see? So it's that usually, let me go back to that. <clears throat> usually this section here that gives us the stress and pressure. How can we fix that? What can we do? Um, there's a few things. Um, obviously, what's one way to feel a bit more comfortable, team, when you own a bit of real estate? Chuck that in the chat for me. Uh, we always talk about it. It starts with a B, a B-U-F. Um, and it's not Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but it sounds like <laughs> put put that. Um... <clears throat> yeah, Brendan, you know, it does. It takes its time to find some find its group. What can we do? <clears throat> Excuse me, get the frog in the throat. What can we do to speed it up, team? Well, um, you could, if you had cash, some people have got cash to invest. You could have cash in that property. <clears throat> Buffer equals security. You're dead right, Stephen. Um, and, uh, you know, for me, for you, I would be saying tax variation, boom, Luke, for sure. Um, so buffers, doing your PAYG tax variation. And if you do have some cash um, in a deal, can you see, team, can you see this here? When you have a look at the loan-to-value ratio, and, and up the top, just check this out, right? It's it's not magic. It doesn't it doesn't take Einstein to work it out. When you have a loan to value ratio of around eighty percent, so twenty percent of it is own is debt free, and eighty percent has some debt on it. Check out what happens, right? Check out isn't isn't this kind of like oh that's interesting? You know when you get to about an eighty percent LVR. So the value goes up, you might reduce some debt and the rents track with it, team. The rents track with it. That's when the property becomes self-sufficient. So uh, a few ways you can get it to being more self-sufficient quicker really is the conversation for today, really is this um, idea. Oh, not there. Where am I meant to be going? There. Um, number one, you can put cash as a deposit, okay, so if you have spare cash, then as a deposit or in offset accounts, um, etc. Number two, you can um, certainly, um, which is easy and instant and fast, your tax uh, variations, uh, variations. Number three, the sooner the rents go up, the better off you're going to be. And that's why you know, when we talk about real estate and the area that you buy the real estate in, can those properties' rents go up, you know, over the next five to seven years? That's really important for that property to be then standalone and self-sufficient, okay? So there's a bit more technical this morning. Dived into a few little maybe um, detailed things, but uh, hopefully that made sense, team, um, and... Uh, yeah, Melinda, interest uh, interest only at the moment of, you know, we're seeing sort of high threes, you know, early fours for interest only. 
Um, but check out, it's interesting right now, it's a bit of a weird time with your interest rates. <clears throat> um, and just like the thing, it's, it's important to understand that um, whatever you get sorted now for your interest rate, unless you have, are you try, unless you're trying to fix your interest rate, which uh, I don't suggest you do unless you really ha have a, a high reason to like just know exactly what it's going to cost you for a fixed period of time. Um, yeah, I mean, you can always change your loans, Melinda. Um, so, you know, if, if you lock in at something now uh, or you get something now and it's 4.4%, you know, maybe later on you can change it to, you know, interest only or principal interest. It's some of the principal and interest loans uh, are a bit lower and the net dollars and cents um, is a bit cheaper as well. So uh, it's not an easy it's not an easy one to to talk about unless you know exactly what your situation is and what you're trying to get, Melinda. But um, good question. The answer is yes, you can get them um, in the fours uh, still fine, uh, but you have to be a good borrower. You know, you're not getting it at ninety percent. Um, you know, you're not getting it if you're kind of PA if you're self-employed and, and those sorts of things, Melinda. So it all depends, but there you go. Good question. All right, team, uh, that's it. Wealth Coffee Chat done and dusted. You guys be good, be awesome, be well. Join me tomorrow for another one. Fabulous Friday. Uh, we'll hang out and uh, do the do, and I'll see if I can get my audio working here properly next time. All right, see you guys. Bye-bye. Have a good one.